0: The new Super Beats Hard Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats,
1: and save 15% with promo code DEAL.
0: Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And, of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. This is the big nasty, yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame, Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother.
1: You ain't listening, and you're missing out.
0: Woo! brand new edition of the Cannon Fire podcast live on YouTube today for episode 196. The second preseason game is upon us. The Tennessee Titans have come to town and after a week of joint practices with Tampa Bay, they will face off under the lights of Raymond James Stadium Saturday night at 730 p.m. You can watch that on WFLA with Chris Myers and Rondé Barber in the booth. Just had Chris Myers on earlier this week to get his thoughts on the 2021 Buccaneers. It is a great interview if you want to go check that one out. But welcome back to the show. I am your host as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, Billy Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. How are you doing today, my friend? Happy Friday. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday.
1: Um hard to believe. We're almost at 200 of these things. Right? That's uh that, that's that's kind of crazy. I <laughs> didn't really realize that we were uh th- that we were that close Zach Jarvis asked the big 200 is almost here gonna have a special edition for it we'll do something we haven't really figured it out yet I mean you know I didn't even realize we were that close to 200 so I definitely yeah. haven't thought about it, anything so uh yeah we'll, we'll be doing something but happy to be back uh yeah it's a great interview with Chris Myers go check that out and uh you guys didn't vlog yesterday. No, because they're not at camp yesterday. Just at camp on Wednesday. Yeah. So did, did not catch any of the UFC fights. Yeah, right. Um, that, that I that mean, was, what, that a, was... what a
0: day to, to get to practice and, and not be able to see very much. Um, so we'll talk to you guys and get you caught up on how the joint practices with Tennessee went this week, some of the highs and the lows. Uh, and, of course, we'll be taking a look at the game. Now, as far as preseason game two goes, these preseason games are already kind of hard enough to, you know, do a full on game preview of it's a little more lax than it usually is because you've got so many different groups of players. It's not like you have these expectations from your starters for four quarters, but going into this Saturday's game, there are no expectations for the starters because, uh, you know, we kind of let off our last show saying that Bruce Arians had mentioned that the starters probably won't play, but it has been all but confirmed um, by big Bruce himself that, You're not going to see any starters, and Blaine Gabbert is your QB1 for Saturday night. So uh, we'll talk about that as time comes. But um, training camp this week, I I was excited about joint practices. You always do, right? It's the best part of training camp. I think for a lot of NFL teams, it's a chance to just see how you match up with another team. Um, You know, getting out there and getting physical with people that isn't your teammates is always going to be a little bit different. But day one of joint practices with the Titans, the Bucs didn't look ready to be out there. And it's kind of crazy because I think it's a tale of two practices here. We'll get to day two shortly enough. But day one, it was a hot start for Tampa Bay. The one-on-one sections, the receivers were having their way with Tennessee. I mean, one-on-ones, based off of that short segment of practice, you thought it was going to be a long-ass day for Tennessee. Um, And then after that, once we saw them line up in seven on sevens and eleven on eleven, they really weren't able to do much of anything. Uh, there were a lot of drops from guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard. Uh, some of the running backs had drops. Brady didn't even look his best. Um, threw a couple of picks. Uh, I mean, Tennessee showed up ready to practice against the Super Bowl champs, and I don't know if the Bucks were entirely ready. Maybe, maybe that first day of practice was just the wake up call that they needed. That you know these guys know that. This season isn't going to be a walk in the park, but when you get back to live, fully padded action, sometimes certain people get up to speed faster than everybody else, and it certainly seemed like Tennessee showed up more ready for practice than Tampa on that first day.
1: Yeah, it was really sloppy. So one-on-ones happen, and, I mean, the Bucks are just – the Bucs are just dominating uh, the, the one-on-one sessions, but they're not catching the football. And that's, I think, the most frustrating part. It wasn't like the Titans were really doing anything special. It was just that the Bucs were literally hurting themselves. Uh, they really just – they couldn't get out of their own way on Wednesday. And, I mean, didn't matter who it was. You know, Mike Evans, like you said, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown uh, – Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, all three of the main running backs. Giovanni Bernard dropped a few passes. Yeah. I, you know Giovanni Bernard's one of the best pass catching running backs in NFL history, almost, and couldn't catch the football. Tom Brady wasn't wasn't as crisp, but it would look better if his receivers actually caught the ball.
0: And I'll be honest, it's a lot easier to write off a bad day for Tom Brady at practice because that's what practice is for. You have good days and you have bad days. So for a guy like Tom to go out there and have not his strongest day, it doesn't worry me nearly as much as it does some of these younger guys, some of the rookies, maybe some guys on the bubble that we're going to be talking about here in a couple of minutes.
1: Yeah, and I I think you're not going to have a perfect practice every day, but what you really want is you don't want – you would rather your opponent just be better than you on that day than you – you know, not be able to catch the football. You're a professional football player. You're a professional wide receiver, tight end. Your job is to catch the ball. That's the most simplest part of your job, to, to, to <laughs> just catch the ball. And, and, and you couldn't do it. Um, so that's an issue. That, that That is an issue. However, seemed like they got the message because <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, on Thursday – they went out and they kicked the Titans ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, 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 on the football field and in the ring, <laughs> they, they kicked
0: the Titans asses. Uh, so, I, I wanted, so I wanted to say one more thing regarding day one, and then we'll talk about all the fireworks from that second day. I, I honestly thought Bruce would be more upset in his post-practice press conference uh, after that first day, because, you know, he's been vocal about practices this year. If it was a shitty practice, he's going to let you know. Um, But he was very, very vanilla in a lot of his answers. And I think maybe that effect is from having another team on your facility. You know, if you're Bruce Arians or if you're any member of the organization, you don't exactly want to publicly admit that the Titans got the best of them that day. Um, So maybe he was just tiptoeing around that and didn't want to seem as upset as he actually was. But, like, I'm surprised we didn't get, you know, more F-bombs from Bruce because... That uh, that day one practice, like you said, they just were not ready to be out there. I, but but day you know, two, man.
1: The, real quick on that. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to put a, a quick note. I I think he didn't really see much because he knows how simple it is. Just catch the football. That's what he said. He said just just catch the ball. Yeah. Um. I think that's why you didn't see him as frustrated. It wasn't that they were getting outworked. They were they were they were dominating the Titans on like, both days. They dominated them. Both days they did.
0: The first one day, day, they, they were just a little lazy about it.
1: One day, they couldn't catch a cold, and then, and then the next day, they were on fire.
0: Next so, day, they were
1: catching hands. Th- th- that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, you know, that's that's the truth. Both days, the Bucks dominated the Titans. One day, they couldn't catch anything, the next day, they were catching everything, including some faces. Yeah, uh, so, um Obviously we've been hinting at this, so now I guess we gotta get to the Thursday practice, which is one of the uh I think one of the most fun practices I've ever seen to, to cover. I don't even think you have uh, to watch SummerSlam on Saturday night. I think I think the Bucks covered it for you. I, I, I think I, I think you got it. There was there was punches. <laughs> There were suplexes. There was, I mean, yeah, there was everything.
0: Um, real nope. quick. I uh, mean, Zach it was Jarvis, just Devin White and Levante short of busting out the tables and putting. Right. And then, you know, yeah, just Dudley boys, you know, just
1: 3D. Exactly, know. man. Um, Zach Jarvis asked, real quick, was Julio Jones practicing? See, this is the tough thing when trying to gauge the. We'll talk about it a little bit, but when trying to gauge the Bucks defense against the Titans' offense, it's tough. Uh, the Titans were missing two offensive line starters. Julio Jones did not practice once. A. He didn't J. even Brown, travel out there. A.J. Brown did not practice once, and Derrick Henry did not practice once. So all of those guys were not there. But still, that didn't mean there wasn't any fireworks. Henry so. was there. He was there, but he, did, he was, it was not practicing. Yeah, not it just practice.
0: wasn't a very intensive practice. When it was 11 on 11, he wasn't He wasn't out yeah, there. Yeah, he did not practice. Nope. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, man, day two of joint practice was nothing short of a WWE pay-per-view. Five total fights, like you had mentioned. Uh, Devin White was the one getting the suplex in one of those scuffles. And Antonio Brown has made national headlines. I'm sure that's something you're no stranger to hearing. Um, but Antonio Brown back in national news with a clean left hand to Tennessee cornerback Chris Jackson. Um, those two guys got at it and ab was able to rip his helmet off and get a clean punch which is awesome i'm actually kind of happy that ab is not the kind of guy who's punching helmets because i think uh, after so many years in the league you have to know better but he gets a clean punch and he is all over the news outlets like if you hadn't heard anything about this buck's practice the only thing you've probably heard is about antonio brown getting into a fight now ab was put out of practice Uh, But he was literally back out there 10 minutes later. He wasn't held out very long. It didn't stall practice. And Mike Rabel and Bruce Arians, you know, weren't exactly too upset by the fighting. Like, it's football, man. It's hot and humid out there. These guys are pissed. Florida, Tampa has that type of humidity and heat that even at 9 in the morning, you're just pissed off for no reason. And you don't really know why. But the, the real reason is because of the heat out here. Um, so when guys get chippy, which is what we expected, we talked about the Titans coming to town, and I was excited because this is what you get in those joint practices. That competitive nature comes back, and you realize that you don't exactly have to see these guys in the locker room at the end of practice. You know, these This is another team, so things are going to get escalated. Things are going to get chippy. I do have a little rant that I want to go off on here uh, regarding Antonio Brown. I'm not mad at Antonio Brown. He has not been uh given any circumstances from the team, like he hasn't been in trouble, nobody's grilled him. Maybe they talk to him after practice. I don't know, dude. I'm not that in tap. But like, I'm not upset about it. And I don't think a lot of other people are. But unfortunately, uh, I like to call him number one bullshit Mike on Twitter. He he made this great point to me. You know, when you have a bullseye on your back like Antonio Brown does, and a story like this happens The news outlets are going to grab it and they're going to go nuts. Um, And that's exactly what we have seen. I mean, Barstool Sports, Sports Illustrated, they're putting out stories that lead you to believe that Antonio Brown was the only Buccaneer who got in a fight and was the only guy who had to leave practice. And a lot of them are leaving out this important context that one, it didn't derail the fucking practice. And two, he was back out there in 10 minutes. Um, And a lot of it, you know, we know that sports media and just media in general is generated by clicks. Whatever is going to get you clicks. But when you're telling a story like this, with a uh, polarizing picture such as Antonio Brown involved, I think it's really important to make sure you get all of your context. And obviously, I'm a little biased because he is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. You know, if if this was a Raiders story from a year ago, it probably would have been a different conversation. But now that we have seen Antonio Brown come into this Tampa Bay organization, and be a model citizen, it's not that he doesn't have the ability to do it. You know, so when stuff like this happens, when competitive nature kicks in and Antonio Brown pulls out an old Andre Johnson move on you, you know, I'm just, I'm so tired of seeing the media lose their minds over this and try and paint this false narrative that, you know, AB is causing trouble in practice and Bruce Arians is covering for him because that's actually uh, one of the headlines I saw today. And it just gets me so pissed off, man
1: it's embarrassing uh, it's it's embarrassing reporting it's bad journalism and i'm i'm going to be you going to be frank there it is embarrassing you're you're not your job as a reporter you're not doing your job your job is to report the whole story when the headline is antonio brown kicked out of practice for throwing punch that's not the whole story are you going to mention the other four fights are you going to mention the fact that he was he was back 10 15 minutes later and literally finish the practice give me a break like that is that is embarrassing if you're if you're a new if you're a news outlet trying to put out a headline like that shame on you
0: and Uh, a lot of the uh, and a lot of the uh you know i use news with air quotes around it but a lot of these outlets putting out stories like this or you know the stuff you'd expect it's it's barstool sports uh, I was a little taken back by like, you know, Sports Illustrated putting out something like that. And obviously they've gone back and they've updated it since then because people called them out. But like, it's just, it just sucks, man. It's it's bad journalism. And I think it's the state of how, you know, a lot of sports news is nowadays. Views come first. If you can make a storyline, if you can make something out of nothing, do that. Because it's going to get you the views that you want. And it's just a shame because at the end of the day, uh, I don't know if it falls under the category of yellow journalism but it's just bad journalism and it, it be you know, better. It just, 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 be be- just be better. Be better. Yeah. It's like the, that, that's, uh, it's simple. You watched, uh, you watched Falcon and winter soldier. I did not No. Well, it was pretty good. Uh, the captain America speech at the very end. Spoilers, I guess um, the speech at the very end is great, but basically the topic of it is like, we need to be better. And I, I think it, I think it goes without saying for a lot of sports media outlets, but of course you guys know that you have plenty of trusted outlets around here. Uh, Greg Allman, Jenna Lane with ESPN, Pewter Report, The Boys, as always. Um, that's where you want to go for your Bucks training camp news because they're going to give it to you right down the middle, and they're going to give you the facts, and uh, that's what's most important. But th- I just wanted to get that off of my chest because I, you know, it's what's really grinding my gears this week. Like, it just pissed me off so bad that it's, you know, it's – you've seen it happen all the time with stuff that isn't sports-related, but trying to make a story out of a non-story is – it's just the state of media these days, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I get it. Like I get what they're trying to do. I just, just I. If it's any other player, is it made into this story? No, no way. It it's no. not. And it, and yes, some of it does fall. It's Antonio Brown's fault. He put himself in that situation to be a target like that. You know, he he his past. Sure, we even talked about it on the show when they signed him or when they were thinking about signing him, where people asked us if they were gonna sign him. His past will. These types of things will happen, right? If something happens like that, it will get escalated. But there's too many outlets that are just not reporting the facts. Yeah. So, like you said, those three names, some of the best in the business: Pewter Report, Greg Alman, Jenna Lane. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, even a guy, even a guy like Rick Stroud. Yeah. You know, best in the business, honestly. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's just embarrassing. So. Whatever that was. Yeah. It's a little, the little rant there. Uh, just, I guess we have to teach people how to report news now. So, um, <laughs> but anyways, back onto the actual football stuff.
0: Yeah. That's what we're here to talk about. Football.
1: Stuff. Yet again, like I said, the bucks kicked the Titans asses. It wasn't even close. I-, I mean, just dominant. Absolutely. Mike Evans, you know, like they had, they had the same day as they had on Wednesday, except not any drops. Yeah. That that was that was the it was the same day. Mike Evans was locked in. Probably the best practice Mike Evans has put out there this whole camp. Uh Chris Godwin locked in. Had a nice one-handed catch against uh Jack Rabbit uh Janoris Jenkins. They have
0: um, him on the roster as Jack Rabbit Jenkins by the way. Me and so uh weird. me and James were going through the rosters at training camp and we're looking and we're like number 20 Jack Rabbit Jenkins? Like he's on the roster as Jack Rabbit and uh, we so looked weird. it up, and I guess there's a story of how he got the name, but I'm not a Titans fan, and I'm definitely not a Janoris Jenkins fan, so I didn't really care to read it. Um, I wish I could, you know, be a better journalist there and give you the reason why they call him Jackrabbit, because I guess it's a relatively new thing. But, yeah, he's on the roster as Jackrabbit Jenkins. So dumb.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking about just, like I said, domination from the offensive side of things. Um no matter who it was, it didn't matter who it was. Every tight like Caleb Farley, the rookie for uh, the rookie first round pick for Tennessee. Boy oh boy, has he learned a lesson over the last two days? Yeah, right, man. Oh man, they took him to school. Uh, I mean, no, no matter who it was, they were taking him to school. And uh, you know, I saw a lot of people were like, "Oh well," and it's completely true. You know, the reason that uh, they, uh, they 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 wanted to fight Antonio Brown was because Antonio Brown was dominating them the entire and, and day.
0: Antonio Brown has a reputation this year, especially he gets a little, he gets a little vocal at camp, right? Sure. I mean, who doesn't you? We talked Football. about uh, when we talked about the taunting rule, you know, it's human nature that when you best your opponent, you're going to get excited and a guy like AB, he's been pretty vocal. So I'm sure there's some guys in Tennessee's roster who just want to kick his ass, but they'll catch a clean left hand, just like Chris Jackson did.
1: Uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a great shot by whoever was able to, whoever was
0: able to get that shot i uh, believe it was uh dean walker the fourth okay. i think i okay. think that was his first name but yeah that that photo made its rounds great, and a lot of people photo. were upset that there wasn't a lot of credit given to that yeah. photographer but i believe his name is dean walker the fourth but yeah awesome photo man just in real time you see the helmet come off you see ab square up maybe oh, duck oh. one and then bam just clean left right to the cheek beautiful yeah, that
1: was uh that, that was very very nice that was poetry a clean... in motion I'm, I'm surprised you're able to get that clean of a shot you know right um so anyways uh just the the practice yesterday uh both teams ended the practice doing red zone and mind you like i said again the titans are without Julio jones aj brown derrick henry and two of their starting offensive linemen okay that's we have to note that because that's that's the facts
0: and I got to tell you, that was probably the most enticing part of them coming to town is because we said leading up to it, this isn't the same Titans team that the Bucs practice against in uh, what, 2018 or 2019. Um, you know, they have all of these weapons, but it is a shame that those biggest weapons weren't out there.
1: Mm-hmm. So in the red zone, uh, the Bucs dominated again. Uh, the Bucks' offense went four for six on red zone tries, uh, and they were stopped at the one yard line, maybe even the, the half yard line. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn was stopped, almost got in the end zone, so it would have been five for six. Meanwhile, the Titans were two for six, and they had three interceptions. So the the Bucks defense forced three interceptions. I Think uh, Levante David had one, Nate Brooks had one, and I forget the other person that had another pick. But just, uh, I, just a just a fantastic day, uh, really was. It's um, it was a fantastic day for the the Bucks and. Like I said, this was the same day they had on Wednesday. It's just they cut out the mental mistakes. They cut out the drops. And if they cut them out, there there could be no stopping this team. they I I'm serious. Like, you know, obviously it, there's gonna be bumps and, and you know, it bruises along the way, but if if they're mentally there and they're locked in, I I don't know how you're gonna be able to stop them. I mean, the Tennessee Titans are a playoff team, in my yeah. opinion. Oh, yeah, um, they're, they're 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 a very they're a playoff team, in my opinion. So it's not like this is some some random, you know, some random bad team that's coming into town. This is a good football team. And I know they were missing some guys, but the Bucks still dominate them. They I don't believe they're missing many on the defense. So uh, Zach Jarvis asked Ryan Tannehill was throwing, I believe. Tannehill through most of the red zone.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, think... he, he was, he was out there getting red zone work in the, um, in the day one of the joint practice, the Wednesday practice. If you guys want to check it out, all the highlights from that day uh, are on the latest training camp vlog that we did. And you can see Ryan Tannehill on that video out there throwing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so he, he was there and uh, it, it's, it's, it's nice to see because you, you didn't want to, you didn't want to stack you know bad practices with with each other. Uh, you didn't want to come out and uh, come out and, and and be flat again, right? Because right. I mean, you come out and and you start dropping balls all over the place again. Then you're talking about a confidence issue maybe, and, and you just you want to avoid that at all costs right it's yeah, it's a, it's you, a mental you, game,
0: you know it, um it really is. Richard in the live chat says it reminds them of how bad they were against the bears last year. And then the next week against the Packers, they dominated with no penalties. It is a mental game. Uh, and having another team in your house is going to help you kind of get the hang of that faster. You know, those mm. preseason games are good, but even in the preseason game, your starters are not getting reps like they are at training camp against this other team. Uh, so when you can work through the process of not shooting yourself in the foot, and being as close to perfect as you can be, I think it's just, you know, it shows what the Bucks were able to do between day one and two of those joint practices. Day one, day two, they had the same day, but day two, they just cleaned up the mistakes. They they made sure that they were on their P's and Q's, and they looked like the football team that we all know they can be.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: uh, So Dan Roach, who
1: also just,
0: he also noted
1: that this is his first time joining us live. So What's going on, Danny? You Glad Dan. you're here, man. Uh, How's Winfield look? Haven't heard anything uh evan hopefully you're at the link for the birds game so uh, winfield is uh, i think has looked fine like it's just he hasn't made splashy
0: plays but that's like that's okay he had a pick this week i don't remember what receiver he was working on i want to say it was mike evans but don't quote me there but he did have a couple of picks this week
1: yeah i mean you know it's just he just hasn't made the the splashy plays that, that you've heard from guys like ross cockrell or uh javon Hagen you've heard most of the splashy stuff from those guys. Mike Edwards to an extent as well. Um, you've had, you've heard most of the, the splashy stuff from those guys, but Winfield's doing his thing. He'll be, he'll be fine. If your second part of the question, I don't think it's in the plans to, to be at the link uh, for that game. Um, I don't believe it. Now, the last time the bucks were at the link, I, I was there. Uh, that's when the bucks dominated them. Oh, was but, James uh, rookie year, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That was 2015. Doug Martin ran all over him. Um, that he's actually huh. quick. I, I want to ask you a little little trivia question. TV okay. Here we go. Who was the Eagles starting quarterback in that game? Oh, son of a bitch.
0: Um, in that now, game I, I will
1: I will I will give you a hint. 2015. So Carson Wentz was not on the team. Yeah, Carson Wentz was not on the team. I'm gonna go with Nick Foles. Mark Sanchez. Really. Yes, Mark Sanchez wow. was the starting QB for the
0: Eagles. He threw two picks, I think, or three picks. One was a pick six to Levante David. Yeah, I do remember the Levante um, pick six. I didn't know it was against Mark Sanchez, though, after yeah. all these years. I guess I just forgot that detail. <laughs> and and a second Bucks connection, the Eagles actually scored first.
1: They drove down the field and scored the first touchdown of the game. Mark Sanchez to what receiver who would also later on DeSean play for the Deshaun
0: Jackson. Josh Huff. Damn, damn, <laughs> damn, damn. Deshaun Jackson so, was on that twenty, or was he in Washington? He, by that, point? he was at Washington. Yep, he was damn, at Washington. Man. Yep. Um, so yeah, Josh Huff uh, scored the touchdown. Matt Donovan and, uh, in the uh, in the live chat also thought it was DJ. So I'm glad somebody else is is, is sharing <laughs> in the wrong answers for me.
1: Um, well, I mean, you know, it's it's I that I, it would have been the obvious choice, uh, a former yeah. Eagles receiver who played for the Bucks. You know. Sure. Um so, uh, yeah, it's, I don't believe there's any plans to go. Uh, if mm. the opportunity comes up, maybe, but right now, uh, I, I do not believe there's any plans. Just tickets are really expensive. Yeah. And man. I mean, it's, it's a prime time game. So like it's even more expensive because it's a primetime game. So I don't believe right now. Ne- never say never. I'm not going to say never, but, uh, I don't believe that's in the plan. So, we talked about the practice. We talked about that. We talked, you know, a little bit of the chat. Let's get to the actual game because there, there's a game, and it, it's tough because the starters aren't playing. And I know TB12 Goatman had asked, uh, are the, the, the defensive starters playing? No, it, it doesn't sound like any starters will be playing. Now, what's interesting to me, and I want to get your opinion on this. The starters aren't playing, but will a guy like OJ Howard play? Is is right. Bruce considering him a starter? A guy who you know, might need some reps. Uh, is he
0: going to play? Is now Cameron, you bring it up. Is, you know, it, it, is Cameron Brake going to see some snaps? He just returned. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's a guy on the defensive side of the ball I wanted to ask the same question about here in a second, but that is a great question. And I, I got to think that OJ gets those reps, right? Like out of that tight end room, who needs them the most? OJ Howard is number one on that list. Tanner
1: Hudson might need him.
0: Right. Tanner Hudson's (laughs) definitely going to need him. We'll talk about Tanner Hudson and Cody McElroy having a big day um, here shortly. But as far as OJ Howard goes, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him trot out there with like Blaine Gabbert and the, uh, the first group offense. Right. Yeah. Um, I think he should. I think he should too. Yeah. I don't know about cam. Like, I know Cam has been dealing with that injury, and I know he's been here and there at practice, but Cam also played in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Cam got a full season's work last year, while O.J. Howard is still recovering from an injury that ended his year in the first month of the season. So it's like, you know, he definitely needs those reps a lot more. I I would like to see O.J. out there. I, I really would. I think those reps are very, very important. Uh, and just getting him back to game speed is is really what's going to have him ready to go for week one, which Zach Jarvis mentioned, by the way, damn it, dude, we're literally like a little over two weeks away from the home opener, September 9th, Thursday night football against the Dallas Cowboys in Raymond James Stadium. Regular season football is almost here, folks. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the second, third and fourth and fifth stringers going on this Saturday. I, I hope OJ is out there. I do. I, I will close it with that. I do hope he's out there. Yeah.
1: So, who is the
0: defensive player that you also want to have? This uh, well, about? we talked about it a few times, and in the first preseason game and the weeks leading up to it, cornerback Jamel Dean was out there with like the third stringers. Uh, do you think Jamel Dean's going to get some playing time? Um, maybe to start. I, I don't. I don't think you're going to
1: see him much. I, Bruce. I don't know if I 100% believe it, but Bruce basically said, "Oh, you know, he missed some reps. We just." You know, a lot of what the Bengals were doing in the beginning were a lot of two tight end stuff. Jamel Dean wasn't able to go out there, so he just wanted to keep him in. I don't know. I, Jamel Dean's not in any like, danger of losing his roster spot. We're, we're not saying that. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him out there, maybe for a series or two. Uh, I I wouldn't expect him to be playing into the third quarter again. Oh, definitely um, not. But uh, I'm, maybe for a series or two. Yeah. Um, I see, yeah, uh, I see a Matthew asked, are you guys going? And Rhett says, I will be there. So Rhett, the question I have,
0: will we be getting a game day vlog? I think so. I'd like to make, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd like to make another one of those. They're always a lot of fun. They help me with my video editing chops. And, you know, if the views are there, then of course. The, uh, the training camp vlogs did way better than the game day vlog. So I don't know how I, a game think, day vlog you know, without Tom Brady is going to do.
1: I, I think it's because uh, – just like we talked about. We, we talked about off the air. Just kind of – you know, people can see. People see the game. People you can watch, watch the you game. can watch
0: a preseason game on yeah,
1: TV. You can't really – you know, only certain people can, you know, watch like training camp practices. So. Right. Um unfortunately, James is in the chat. Mr. Box um, Nation, what's up, so buddy? he's here. Uh, do we think Dean plays? A quick, quick answer we just answered. I think he does, but I don't think he plays much. Uh, I think he's yeah. – um, like I think you, you'll see obviously guys like Nacho who'll play um on the as far as defense goes, Kevin Minter will be out there. So, like you'll still see recognizable faces and names. It just won't be like you won't see Vita Vey. you won't see Shaq Barrett, probably not see Spear Paul. I think Joe Tryon will start. I think he'll probably play probably like the first half or so, I would guess. Um, it'll be interesting to see if a, a fellow rookie. I know we're jumping all across the board here, but uh, Robert Hainsey, who, who returned to practice. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm
0: curious to see if he's going to be able to play. It'll be interesting to see if um, if he's going to play. When we were out there on Wednesday, Hainsey was involved in practice, but there was a period towards the end where he was working one-on-one with either a trainer or an assistant coach, and he was kind of just – it looked like he was just running laps from one sideline to the other, but it also looked like he was nurturing some uncomfortability Um, so, I mean, we'll see, but if he does play, I think it's a big step for him because that's another guy that just needs those reps. And, um, one of those guys that we've had some higher expectations of over camp because he's been getting work all over the place, but his work at center looks pretty good. He gets a lot of first team reps over the course of training camp. Um, as far as Joe Tryon goes, I wanted to mention him very quickly. Uh I'm sure you guys saw the new episode of In the Current. Did you see the referee full-on admitted to, to messing up that call, the Joe Tryon sack call that we were bitching about last week? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a close play. It was a close play. I, I think
1: if the refs had a mulligan, they would just let him play maybe.
0: Yeah. I, I think I – Just you pisses you off, I, man. It's his first career sack, and it's gone.
1: Well, kind of. Just anything in a preseason doesn't count, but also um, true. so – I don't know.
0: If he does that week, week one versus Dak Prescott, I'll be more happy. So don't throw the flag (laughs) then refs. How about that? There we go, man. I I think somebody else that uh, a lot of fans are going to be excited to see this week. Hopefully we get a bigger sample size. And if it's a bigger sample size, we get some more star power around him. Kyle Trask. I I don't know what to expect with Blaine Gabbert. Like, I don't know if your second stringers are only going to play a series and then be done. Like, I don't know if we get a full quarter no, of the gift I, of Gabbert.
1: I think you're – since Tom Brady's not, not playing, I think you get probably a quarter of Gabbert. Right, right. And then maybe a quarter of Ryan Griffin and then let Trask I go the entire Trask second half. I think Trask plays before Griffin. You think so? I, th- I think Griffin ed- – I think that they want to get Trask with better players.
0: Yeah, I think so they do I, too. I,
1: I think I think Griffin ends it, but I think Kyle Trask plays one or two quarters. Yeah.
0: I'd love to see it just for Kyle to get out there, have some better talent around him and actually make some of those connections. Um, You know, I love watching him sling it. The kid's got an arm, but I'd like to see him actually make one of those. Um, He had Josh Pearson with the bad drop last
1: week. And he he had Tyler Johnson wide open on the touchdown. And he he overthrew
0: him. Oh, man. I always talk about how he doesn't have the arm and he overthrew him. (laughs) Of course he did. Uh, talking about the quarterback room, Mr. Bucks Nation brings up an interesting topic here yes. in the chat. The answer is yes. The, the answer, answer is yes, yes but the let us get to the question. Yes. Do the Buccaneers <laughs> re-sign Josh Rosen on the practice squad? Let's put it simply and run you through the theory. If you are a long-time listener to the show, um, were we the first podcast to put out an episode talking about Josh Rosen like a month before they signed him? I'm pretty sure, sure we were. I think we were. I, I, think, I think the Can of Fire podcast is your number one destination for all things Josh Rosen, Buccaneers oriented. Um, but, but, you know, Josh Rosen spent some time on the practice squad for Tampa Bay. San Francisco picked him up during the season because if you have an opportunity to come into an NFL game during the regular season, that's what you do instead of sitting around on a practice squad. But we saw what happened over the draft. San Francisco had an absolutely stacked quarterback room. And they had to let some of those guys go. Josh Rosen was one of them. He goes unclaimed on waivers with the fate of Ryan Griffin, pretty much written in stone at this point. (laughs) Does Josh Rosen make his return to Tampa Bay to spend some time on the practice squad behind Tom Brady? Huh? Huh? You still open door still open for that. Right, Evan.
1: For me it is <laughs> um,
0: yeah, that's not gonna happen,
1: but it, it listen before anybody goes wild in the chat and it's watching it live or if you're watching it back you're like, yeah like what are you talking about we're joking like
0: the, we're the joking but like, we're not joking right
1: well I, we're joking, but I'm not joking and James <laughs> brought up James brought up one other player uh earlier that I am hundred percent not joking about I'll get to him in a second um but uh, yeah. It, I heard, and I think Scott Reynolds had said this too. The Bucks weren't in love with LaRosen's like leadership ability. Yeah, and I, I mean, this dude's looking for his fifth team now. <sighs> he, he he was drafted in 2018, and you're looking for your fifth team.
0: That's uh, that's not good. That's I remember when they were going through the draft questions. I think this was the week of the draft. Somebody had asked him, Josh, how many uh, how many championships do you plan on winning? He's like, well, Tom Brady's got six, so I'm going to say seven. Well, now you got to get eight. So. <laughs> he, you, you missed out on a chance to have a ring. So, Josh, I don't want to hear it, Josh. That is true. Uh, I don't want to hear it. That is true. He would have a Super Bowl <laughs> ring if he would have just stuck around on the practice squad, huh? Yep. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of
1: people are asking. Uh, Dan Roach said you guys had a conversation about this. If Griff plays like the last time, they may ax him, and uh, Trask ends up as the three. I mean, I think that's the expectation anyway. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think Ryan Griffin's going to make the roster. I think they're going to put him on the practice squad. But yeah, Kyle Trask will end up being on, on the active roster because they can't cut Kyle Trask. Like if they cut Kyle Trask or even put him on the practice squad, somebody's yeah, he's gone. Somebody's yeah. going to get him. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I, don't. I wouldn't expect Griffin back on the roster. I, I, think, um, I think Kyle Trask will be that third guy. However, if Tom Brady goes down, and let's say I, I seriously think Ryan Griffin might get in the game before Kyle Trask does. Uh, obviously Blaine Gabbard your backup, but I, I think, uh, Ryan Griffin would maybe see some action before Trask does. But we'll see. Um, now on to the next person that James uh suggested which is another former buccaneer who i am uh, this is not a bit uh this is a hundred percent serious uh got to break Bucs, K
0: got to break kayfabe for this one
1: the the bucks need to resign no fence. it just it has to happen the reunion has to happen uh it seriously does one of my favorite players needs to happen everybody's gonna be calling me an idiot now hey the Bucks were the ones that screwed him up. He had six and a half sacks, I think, his rookie season, or like six sacks or something. And then they told him to to gain weight, and then that didn't work. So they told him to lose the weight, and they, they screwed up his career. All right? So let him get with Tom Brady. Let him get on the TV 12 method. He'll yeah. Be, he will be – oh, my God. He – we're gonna be talking about not needing Shaq Barrett anymore because oh my you're gonna have you're gonna have Noah Spence and Joe Tryon on the same team. Are you kidding me?
0: There goes the oh. rest of our live audience. Well, oh well. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, you know. Hey, so. while we're we're talking about the preseason game on Saturday, I wanted to get your thoughts on this tight end four battle. The storyline continues. It heated up after Saturday's game against the Bengals, and we are still here talking about it. Tanner Hudson needs to continue to show out. Needs to continue to block people, and uh, I think anybody, Cody, uh, yeah, just block I think, anybody. I think Cody McElroy, Cody McElroy, just needs to continue what he's been doing because he's having a good camp, and he's definitely made himself known in that tight end room. Um, it's going to come down to one of those two guys, I, I truly believe, and I'm excited to see who is the quarterback when they are on the field. We know Tanner Hudson has that chemistry with Ryan Griffin, but I'd like to see Tanner Hudson and Cody McElroy catching passes from Kyle Trask. Right. Well, you saw that a little bit. A little bit. A little. I bit. mean, Cody McElroy caught
1: the the two point conversion.
0: He caught the Tanner two point, Hudson. and Tanner Hudson had that high had ball, a which was a first yeah. down. No, you are right, but I'd like to see more of that. Right.
1: I'd I mean, like Trask only more. had
0: four completions. So. Exactly. Yeah, and two of those were to those tight ends I just mentioned. But I'd like to see more of Although that. I'm not. I'm not
1: sure if the two point conversion counts. I don't think it does. That doesn't count as a completion. So, technically, I mean, he definitely had five, but, hey, we'll we'll count as four because that's what the box score says. But you're right. I I mean, just if you watched in the current, folks, uh, they talk about Joe Tryon, and they – I started laughing. They talk about Joe Tryon, and then they show a practice clip of Joe Tryon blowing past the tight end, and the tight end's Tanner Hudson. I was like, that explains a lot. Like, literally, Joe Tryon made it look effortless. And I was like, wow. I was like, okay, that's what Bruce means by block somebody. Um, he, he's just – they know what he can do as a receiver. The, the Bucs have seen time and time again every single preseason and training camp. What this guy can do as a receiver, they and know that. We, we
0: saw it. We saw it on display. Preseason week one, he had a catch, made a shake, and then got I think five, ten more yards downfield. So as a receiver, um, I wouldn't say he's one of the best in the tight end room because that's a that's a stacked tight end room. Yeah, nah, yeah. But he is a guy who can make some stuff happen once you have the football in his hands. He is an exciting player to watch, especially in the preseason. And like I'm a Tanner Hudson fan, man. Like I I, I really am, and I'm kind of I'm really pulling for him this year.
1: Yeah, I just I think uh, I mean Bruce Arians like when they brought up Tanner Hudson again the other day, and Bruce Arians said, "Well, first he has to make the team." I mean, it's oh, just man. I I think his is uphill uh, battle. Um, real quick, do you think special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong is on the bubble? I, I don't
0: think so. I don't see why he would be. What because um, of that PAT deal last week? Yeah, I, I know I, the coverage I don't really is see. kind of lacking here and there too. Yeah, yeah, I, I
1: don't. Yeah, I don't really think. uh I, I don't. I don't really see why he would be. It's not necessarily about like schemes or anything. It's just like they just don't have special teams aces anymore. Like, yeah, you know, they don't have Josh Robinson anymore. They don't have Ryan Smith anymore. They don't have Anthony Claire anymore. It just it happens. I, they're they're trying. They they drafted. They tried to draft special team flair like KJ Britt and Chris Wilcox. Wilcox getting injured. Uh, Grant Stewart, but Chris Wilcox um, should
0: be back out there by the way for this game. Um, and, I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn has been getting special teams reps, and according to Bruce Arians, that's helping him out a lot because it certainly doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he's going to be getting those reps at running back any time at all in the regular season.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like he's going to get – Barring it, obviously, injuries change things. Injuries change everything, but barring any injuries doesn't seem like – you might see him catch a pass or two, because it seems like if they're going to use him, it's going to be more like a Giovanni needs a break type role. Right. Um but yeah, I, I don't, I don't really expect him to get to get too much, uh, too much action. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I do want to see Suckup attempt a kick. I uh, still yeah. haven't seen that in the preseason.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, Ho- Ho- Jose Borregales is breathing down his neck. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, 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 I am because Ryan Suckup has like four million dollars guaranteed, so yeah. that's not happening. um they're not cutting him unless he just goes out and misses every single kick then you have no choice uh but i i don't know if i brought this up on the last show but i was like of course when the bucks have when the bucks have like this random young kicker come out of nowhere who's an undrafted free agent they didn't need to spend a draft pick on him at all and he's finally good it is the year that they don't need a kicker right like of of course it is Like, and like, I'm like, of, of, like, of course, like Ryan suck up will end up like being like, okay, this year. And then next year he'll suck and get cut while Jose Borogales is off. Just kicking 90% every year because that's the Bucks luck when it comes to kickers. I was like, you know, I could say whatever I want. Bad vibes. I can say whatever I want. Freedom of speech This is America.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. I thought this was America. Last time I I'm checked, sorry, I thought this was America. Last time I checked, I could say whatever I want. Um, including that Noah Spence should still be on the roster. Uh so uh
0: and that he's better than Shaq Barrett, basically. Oh my god. <laughs> so um <laughs> I'm excited for that twenty one sack season for Noah Spence coming up once he gets on the T B twelve method. Yeah. I mean New franchise come on. leader,
1: right? Yes. There's no reason why. not. Why not, I should say. Um, yeah, I just uh, – of course, that that's like the, the Bucks' luck. This random kicker just comes out of nowhere. He's good. But they don't really have any kicker issues. So they'll probably put Borgales on the practice squad, and there's probably a 90% chance that they'll lose him. So, like, I, I don't think Jose Borgales will be on the practice squad very long. A lot of the
0: hype around Borgalis is that he – has what it takes to be a kicker in the nfl i mean obviously mm-hmm. only time will t- only time will tell but like you said if he ends up on the practice squad he's yeah. probably going to be snatching up that week I, I mean i mean you know he's from miami and you,
1: you know what everyone says you know what everyone says you know kickers from f- the state of florida college kickers from the state of florida are automatic so um if you don't get that joke i don't know what to tell you
0: yeah i was gonna say uh, <laughs> I, yeah okay
1: <laughs> if, if you don't get that joke i don't know what to tell you but Rich said um, you're smoking that good weed today <laughs> and, you know, everybody claims that I, I'm on the show here. High as a guy. You and are. Yeah.
0: You <laughs> are. I've said it before. I said it like two weeks ago. You're the biggest toker I know. You up wow. to every podcast high as hell saying we should bring Noah Spence back because he's the best edge rusher in franchise history. Josh Rosen should be on this team full time. He's the future of the Bucks. Like, I mean, people don't have to uh, to grasp for straws here when it comes to you just being absolutely blitzed every single podcast. Josh Rosen is better than Kyle
1: Trask. How many? How many uh, passing touchdowns does Kyle Trask had?
0: Josh Rosen?
1: Yeah. How, how many? Zero. Yeah. How, yeah. Josh Rosen has more than him. So, well, like three. Hey. Right. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's let's not talk about that. All right. Oh, it's more man. than that. I think it's double digits. I think I got the double digits. Anyways, folks. The full disclaimer: I am not high. Uh, I, I am oh, not. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know why. Rhett knows that I'm literally knows that I'm not, and he keeps trying to I don't play know, into man. it. I don't, know. I don't know why. I genuinely don't know. Sometimes, <laughs> okay, I guarantee you. Um, but anyways, that's the the end of the kicker discussion. I mean, all yeah, right. <laughs> I really just just want to see, just make a kick, just give me the confidence back. My confidence is still there in stuck up. I've been on record saying like I'm not worried. Like you know, like his his. He had literally but two or three bad days in practice, and everybody thought the sky was falling. And then after that, he's been fine. Like there's been days where like he's missed kicks. He missed a few kicks yesterday, but like one was from 50. Like we talked, like I talked about anything inside 45, you gotta make up is for missing kicks, too. I I think that's important to mention. Yeah, like like who who cares? They're not gonna count, nobody cares. Um so yeah. Um, but other than that, it's a preseason game man you're gonna see you might see a little bit of Giovanni bernard maybe um a, a new guy trying to get acclimated with the offense uh you'll see a lot of Keyshawn vaughn i think you're gonna see a lot of him
0: um yeah i think he's gonna dominate that first half i don't know about dominate but as far as know, carries yeah. go he's gonna dominate the first half he's gonna be getting yeah. 15 carries this game
1: Dom- dominates a little bit let's let's not forget who we're talking about uh um, so uh you know it's uh it, it's it's always fun because it's football but it is a little bit of a bummer that the starters won't play the upside is that it does sound like the starters are basically i think the starters will probably get
0: maybe the first half against houston right, uh, right. You, it sounds like it sounds like bruce is, is preparing to play them quite a bit and it sounds like an interesting way to approach things because when we first tried to like you know map out the preseason we said okay. You'll get some starters in week one. Won't be much, but they'll be out there. Week two, you'll probably see the most of your starters. And then week three, you'll probably see the least of your starters, if you see them at all. But that's not how Bruce is running things.
1: Yeah, it's a little strange to me. I'm not sure. Obviously, he knows more football than I do. So I'm going to trust him. But... Uh a little bit strange i I don't know i it's because he said it's because they have basically two weeks and then they play dallas like i get it right but i don't know just that feels like that texans game feels like basically the equivalent of the fourth preseason game so um you know it it, it's tough um it's tough to gauge that's you know how, how much you play your starters versus how much you don't you know it's tough. Uh, our, our buddy Rendax from the PewterCast says, I'm instantly regretting my decision to click on this episode. Spence Rosen and Kicker Talk, uh, yeah, I mean, trust me. Um, it's because I told,
0: I told yeah. you guys it's because <laughs> Evan's high as a kite right now.
1: Well, <laughs> actually, you know, for, for the Spence and Rosen stuff, blame James because he was the one that originally brought it up. We weren't, it wasn't on our, our, our notes to talk about uh, Noah Spence and Josh Rosen, um, so. blame blame mr bucks nation as he is the root of most of my problems very true let's talk
0: about one last position group before we start to wrap things up here there's a lot of guys on the bubble in the secondary a lot of people who i think eyes are going to be on javon hagan is on that list i think javon hagan was probably defensive player of the game last week it kind of sucks that he gave away that interception Right. Yeah,
1: I don't know. You can't be defensive player of the game if you're doing that.
0: Exactly. So, so in, I, in my mind, you can't,
1: you can't earn that I'd like to see him that. get an
0: interception this week and hang on to it and keep it, but I, I'd like to see Javon Hagan go out there with another strong showing. Herb Miller is on that list uh, for the cornerback battle as well. Antonio Hamilton out there. A lot of eyes going to be on him. I think Antonio Hamilton is going to take that last corner spot, um, but are there any guys in that secondary in particular that you're taking a look at?
1: Um, I mean, I am curious to see Antonio Hamilton. I, I'm curious to see uh, D Delaney, too. Yeah, um, D Delaney had the sa- pick
0: last week that was yeah, called it, back.
1: It sounds like Bruce really likes him, so it'll be interesting to see. I think Antonio Hamilton's probably the best corner they got for that fifth job, but it seems like Bruce may see it a little bit differently. Obviously, Nate Brooks still in the mix there. Um, but, I mean, other than that, th- those are your three guys, I think, battle for that fifth corner. Although Ross Cockrell hasn't really played much corner at all in training camp, which is weird. Uh, like, is he like, I, I think uh, John Lendard mentioned this, like he's got to ask Bruce, like is Cockrell <laughs> going back to corner or is he a safety now? Um, as far as safety goes, got Javon Hagan, I think is going to make the team. I, I think, I think he, makes he, the team. he, he, he did look good uh, on Saturday against Cincinnati. And then he's put together some nice practices. Uh, other than that, I mean, the status of Jordan Whitehead might change them. Some things, uh, it, it might, I, I'm not really sure, um, you know, what his status is. He's not playing obviously on, on Saturday and I, we'll see if he plays versus Houston. But at this point, I doubt it. I mean, you know, he's missed a good chunk of camp. So at this point, I would doubt you see Whitehead, uh, really at all in this preseason. And the hope I would assume is to get him ready for week one and it's healthy. He's going to be in week one. Um, but I, I, they, they like Mike Edwards to fill that role too. So that's yeah. not a huge deal, but as far as just roster spots go, um, that might impact some guys, some guys roles. Um, uh, I just think it's, it's pretty cut and dry. I, I think Antonio Hamilton with all said and done is going to stand out the most. He is the most experienced, um, Cameron Kinley's gone now, so that's one less name. You're starting to narrow down the list. Uh, yeah. I think at the end of the day, I think Antonio Hamilton is gonna be the guy to sort of stand up and stand out. So um yeah, that's that pretty much wraps wraps it up. I do have a take bag. Um, but as far as the secondary goes, pretty cut and dry stuff. I really think. We talked about Dean. Uh, I think Dean is going to play a little bit, just to to reiterate that. I think he'll play a little bit. I don't think you're going to see him much. Um, But, yeah, I mean, uh, the secondary is a a concern because of how young it is, I think. That's the only concern for me. Right. it's Very young, and, like, you're counting on those guys to make a, a jump, just like Carlton Davis made a jump from year two to year three. Um, if Carlton Davis doesn't make that jump, I'm not sure if the Bucks win the Super Bowl. Like, that's so important to have that, that corner that you can trust, right? And, and to put him up against uh, – I understand Michael Thomas was a little bit injured, but put him up against Michael Thomas and Michael Thomas' zero catches in a playoff game, that's huge. Like, oh, yeah. That's big. He held his own against Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, that's big. Like, you need – to, to win a Super Bowl, I think you need that one standout corner. You don't need three number one cornerbacks. Like and you and anybody that knows me knows I think a, a good pass rush really covers up a bad secondary. But and I'm not saying the Bucks' secondary is bad. I'm just saying that they're still very young. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And I think they'll be good. I think they'll be fine. They have a lot of good young players, but. At the end of the day, they still are young. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, uh, see what happens this season with that secondary.
0: And having a secondary that is as filled out as it is now. I mean, Antoine Winfield is obviously the best case scenario that you could have hoped for, for a rookie, but like, when's the last time we've had this much, much trust in Tampa Bay secondary, like even in 2013, when Darrell Rivas was here as a cornerback one, I believe he made the pro bowl that year. And like, that's great. Cause he's Darrell Rivas. But after he yeah, left, the the,
1: the the no fly zone. That was that, was that was
0: that was that was Revis, and then they they signed to Sean Goldson. That was, yeah, like it, I mean, it, it, that was big time. Didn't work, but that was big time. After that departure, there has not been a single cornerback in Tampa Bay aside from maybe like an Akeeb Talib, who obviously cool. went on to greener pastures.
1: Yeah, Akib Talib. Yeah, that was that was Rivas was after him even. so Akib yeah. Talib was gone.
0: Right. So from Akib Talib to Darrell Rivas. After that, tell me a corner that you can honestly remember being more than just a couple of flash plays on this defense. We have not I mean, had this like, much trust in the secondary in like ten damn years. Yeah, Brent Grimes, like Brent Grimes is good. Like he had like for two years. Yeah, that, but he was that, bitching that, that, that he wasn't getting paid enough to cover Antonio Brown. Well, that, that was, that was the last year right? Like for all I care. Him uh, and his loud ass wife. <sighs> okay. <laughs> um, Brent, you need is be, Brent Grimes CB one on this team, I guess is a sign of the times that we were in. Cause he was good, right. but he wasn't that good. Yeah, sure. Uh, like uh, that's what I was, I was going to say, but. Like I didn't you know, mean to piss you off. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. I just, you know, Brent Grimes, thinking about Brent Grimes and his, his, yeah, it really, really so gets
1: mad. on. Yeah, it really does. Um, but then, yeah, you had a lot of guys and, uh, Altron Verner had his moments. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Banks, even, you know, he had his moments, uh, but other than that, you're right. I I mean, you really are, you're struggling to find, um, just that guy you, you know. can trust full-time. Yeah. I mean, there, there's guys that, like you said, have plays. Like, uh, But at the end of the day, like you said, I, I mean, even you're talking about missing a starter right now, Jordan Whitehead. And, like, I have confidence in Mike Edwards. Like, oh, yeah. I think Mike Edwards can – I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Whitehead. I think right now Whitehead's the better player. But, like, I think Mike Edwards can, can do a fair job.
0: Uh I don't Ri- care what James says. No, it's I, not James. It's it's our buddy Richard, the chat. He says, uh <laughs> he says, Grimes and Vernon Hargraves, the shortest DB tandem of all time, also known as the all-fly zone. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> so uh um, Evan, yeah, do we have a take back from you this week, we, my friend? We, we we do. We have we have two things. Okay, perfect. Um,
1: one is football, one is non-football. So uh So Tyler Johnson, baby, he is back. Yeah, Tyler Johnson TJ just that one handed catch from that first day of practice dominated the Titans, dominated the Titans for two straight days, right? I mean, dominated them, and you know, it's he's good, he's good, he's good, he's good, and I am. I am ready to proclaim that he is the fourth wide receiver on the team. John later tweeted out that like, you know, Scotty Miller, like not really anything Miller's done, but like, or I shouldn't say done wrong, but like Tyler Johnson just been so good that like Scotty will still have his role, but like Tyler Johnson might be, end up as the fourth wide receiver. Right. I mean, um, we've
0: said it before. We'll say it again. Scotty Miller, as of right now is a one trick pony. Yeah. And as far as, you know, athleticism goes, Tyler Johnson can't run as fast but he can do everything else probably twice as good as Scotty, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. And I would, I mean, I would expect Tyler Johnson to be, well, you know, everybody. I, so I tweeted out the picture of Tyler Johnson's one handed catch. It was taken by, by Joe Bucks fan, I believe. Um, and I said, you know, wide receiver one, just doing a wide receiver one thing. And some people were like, oh, yeah, some people got it, but some people were like, are you kidding me? Some people like, took
0: it way too literally, right? Yeah,
1: I'm like, okay, calm down. Like, chill out. Okay, he's the wide receiver one in my heart, all right? If, if you guys have listened to this show long enough, you know, Tyler Johnson's my guy. Tyler
0: so. Johnson, Noah Spence, Josh Rosen on the all-Bucks franchise team for Evan, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> um, And uh, he's just, he's so good. He is so good, and I'm so happy that he's in Tampa, and I'm so happy that he's going to get a shot. And like he'll play, I think on Saturday. I think, I think him, Darden, and Ed Miller will all play. Yeah, I'm excited uh, to watch just, Darden again. I hope he, I, I hope he gets some more reps at return. Um, so I, I as, the only receivers I don't think you'll see are the top three. I think the other ones you will see. So hopefully Kyle Trask can get, uh, can can get some, um, you know, can can get some, can get some work uh, oh, yeah, with man. those guys. Uh, so, real quick, before I move on to my next point, which is the, the non football thing, um, G Vegas asked, I'm wondering when we can expect an extension for Davis. Uh, Bucks would be wise to lock, lock him up long term. So, yeah, Carlton Davis is a free agent after the season. I, I wouldn't expect a deal uh, now. I wouldn't expect a deal during the season. A lot of people asked me that last season, all the Bucks raids. I was like, not going to happen. It didn't happen. Those are rare, uh, those, those are pretty rare to happen. So I, I, Carlson Davis, I don't, I'd be shocked if he went anywhere. Um, like we talked about the Bucks have literally tried to find this type of corner for so long. I don't think Jason lights is going to let him go. No way. Uh, I mean, Jason lights gone through Ansel Altron Werner and uh, the, the Vernon Hargraves and Brent Grimes, all those players were brought in while Jason light was here. He inherited the Revis, but then cut him. Um but then he signed Altron Verner, signed Brett Grimes, of Verner, Hargraves. So like yeah, like he's he's been waiting for a corner like this. I don't think they're gonna let him go. I don't think it happens midseason. I don't think it happens preseason, but uh, it's, he's not gonna go
0: anywhere. It's gonna happen the week of the uh, boat parade we're, we're going to have the same situation as last year we're going to get a boat parade bruce mm. and jason light are going to be sloshed up on the podium and they're going to tell everybody on that stage your ass ain't going nowhere you ain't going nowhere well
1: but then like but then they they like say to like one player like they like they come to like their senses or whatever <laughs> i don't know I don't, I don't know what player i don't know what player this this will be but they think about like
0: the salary cap <laughs> you ain't going nowhere you ain't going nowhere you might be going somewhere you might have to go somewhere <laughs> but you know you'll get your ring shipped in the mail don't worry yeah yeah <laughs> you, you don't have to go home but you can't stay here right a <laughs> little, little bit of closing time
1: um so my, my last uh, my last thing here is, is a non-football thing uh the the funeral service for for Mark Cook is uh, today at, at 3 p.m. It's about 45 minutes away. It will be live streamed on the the funeral home Facebook page. Uh, I forget the funeral home name. I'm sorry. Um, you can find his obituary. Uh, it has the information there. Um, uh, they were able to reach on the GoFundMe, uh, which you know I was I was happy to donate to, um, but unfortunately I'm not a I'm not really a millionaire, so I couldn't, I couldn't help out too much. But anything helps. Literally anything helps. So I saw a lot of familiar faces that were donating. It was awesome to see. They were, uh, they were sure sort of their pr- goal today. I'm proud. I'm proud to announce they hit, have hit their goal of thirty thousand. They have over thirty one thousand dollars raised.
0: As of Cook's this funeral. morning, they were at about twenty five thousand. And uh, Nick Carter, very good friend of Mark Cook dropped a six grand donation out well, there,
1: there there goes the take back so yeah. yeah i was i was gonna i was gonna give a, a big thank you to to nick carter uh, of the Backstreet oh, I'm sorry boys. i didn't mean
0: i didn't mean to beat you to the punch
1: no it's good um i was gonna i was gonna give a, a you know a shout out to nick Carter of the backstreet boys who was actually pretty good friends with mark cook um i'm not sure how the friendship started it's pretty cool uh, that it did start um but yeah, he I, they were at around twenty four thousand, and Nick Carter donated six thousand dollars to cover it and, and make sure that they they reached their goal. And um, it, it's it's really good. And we have had some conversations with some people. It was, it was you know the uh, the viewing was last night. It was a tough 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 night for for some people. Um, Jason Light was there. Brian Ford was there, Mike Greenberg was there, and Nelson Nelson uh, from the PR. Well, I forget his his Louis. Uh, Luis. I was gonna say Nelson Cruz, <laughs> uh, um, and I was like, no, that's not it. He plays for the Rays. Um, so just really touching stuff, and um, no players were there. But that might have been we talked. You know, that might have been a little bit controlled with right. you know, with everything some restrictions with cool. in place. Yeah, there there might be some stuff, but. Um, just really touching. And, uh, them, them reaching that goal of $30,000 just shows you how much Mark was loved and uh, appreciated by everybody in the community. So well done to everybody who donated anything, like anything you could donate. It it was fantastic. like Awesome. Um, and, and specifically, you know, Nick Carter, fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic to be able to, To be able to to do that for your friend is uh, is remarkable, and I just wanted to send out one more time, like condolences to the entire Cook family. I know today is going to be a pretty tough day for them, and uh, it's a tough day for a lot of people in in the Tampa Bay area.
0: Yeah, it really is. But best news of the day uh, was hearing that that GoFundMe goal had been reached. So just like Evan said, man, huge thank you to anybody and everybody out there who who helped make that happen. Uh, Helping the Cook family out is something that. Just shows how much Mark was appreciated. Um, and I think Evan said everything perfectly. Everything I'm saying now is just a continuation of what he said, but but you guys understand it. Mark Cook was a very valued member of this Bucks community, and he will be deeply missed. One more announcement before we wrap things up Do you guys like giveaways? Right? I do. People like giveaways, I like giveaways, I, yeah. So got, I, I, I never I never win them, but I like them. We have got a series of giveaways that we're going to be doing for the cannon fire watch party. If you don't have anything to do on November 14th, we got you covered. The Buccaneers are going to be playing the Washington football team that week. Uh, and we're going to be partying with our friends over at Barry House Brewery in the heart of Ybor City, uh, literally right outside it. Like if you're walking on 7th Avenue, you can get to Barry House in five minutes. Um, but a really great location, and I'm really excited to be working with those guys. Our guys at Wing Box Food Truck are also going to be out there catering food for the party. Some of the best wings in Tampa Bay. Make sure you go check them out and come party with us. But we've also got some fun giveaways. I got some posters. Boom, 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 bang. I've not seen these. Yeah, like, I know. This I is new. This is new. Um, it's actually the poster that's hanging up over my shoulder right there. Boom, boom, boom. And what these are, limited edition training camp posters. Maybe I'm giving them away because I got a couple of extra. Or maybe I'd like you to believe that I have a connection inside the organization. Whatever story you like better. I'm going to go uh, with that one. Yeah, right? We are going to be giving these away. Um, it is a limited edition training camp poster. And I know that by the time November rolls around, training camp, who the hell cares? But it's a cool poster because it's limited. It's uh, I think it's a one of 8,000 prints. So every single one is personalized. You'll see a, a different number depending on what you have. And you also have a signed certificate of authenticity, which I think you can see right there. Yes, you can by Buccaneers COO Brian Ford, who of course you can't see a signature while it's rolled up in the paper. But um, yeah, these are brand new limited edition and I got some extra. So, so why the hell not? Now my camera's all out of focus because I put the certificate up there, but it's all right. Show's almost over anyways. Right. Um, but we're going to be doing some fun giveaways. Now the details for that, you're going to have to stay tuned, but if you like giveaways, uh, definitely keep this one on your calendar because we're going to be doing some fun stuff. I think I might set up a registration link, uh, add you to a list, and we'll do like a raffle the week before the show or maybe the day of the watch party. Who knows? But if you guys are going to be there, you are more than eligible for these giveaways, and I'm very, very excited to announce that we're going to have some fun stuff in the mix. But, uh, But yeah, that's the show, man. Evan's take bag wrapping things up as always our favorite new segment here on the show and a quick little announcement about the cannon fire watch party, November 14th, 2021, make sure you can be there doors open at 12 game starts at one. We're going to be hanging out till about five o'clock. So uh, it should be a really, really fun one. We've got some confirmations from some friends of ours. We're not really going to disclose, but there are going to be some people there. There's going to be uh, some, there's going to be some folks there. Yeah. And maybe they'll help us do a podcast. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but uh Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast live today on YouTube for episode 196. I think our buddy Pete in the live chat said, did I miss the Trask talk? Yes, he did. If you want to remind about 45 minutes, 40 minutes uh, we talked about Kyle Trask and his expectations for this Saturday's hey, game. Hey,
1: I, I do it to Ren. That's, a, that's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do it. To,
1: he says Evan should give away a sack
0: of weeds to stay on Ren. That's there you go. Evan's take pretty bag pretty with funny. free dime bags every single week here on the show. <laughs> um, thank you guys yeah, for I being don't even, here. I don't
1: even know what that is. And you do.
0: So. <laughs> Our buddy Ren Dax from the Pewter cast, Pete Payne from Bucks UK, Danny Roach, G Vegas, the moderator holding it down our buddy Rich, Mr. Bucks Nation, and Rock813. If I missed anybody else, it's all right. We'll catch you in the next one. But thank you guys for being here. Um, Yeah, that's the show. Make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast, best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. You can also check out Bucks News as it happens on my co-host Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. The number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram, rapidly approaching, what, 30,000 uh, followers, right? We're almost there.
1: Yeah, uh, I believe right now we're at 27.8K. So, open to, well, let's shoot for 30K by by the watch party. How about that? Yeah. By
0: the watch party, let's have 30K. I like it, man. Make sure you check him out on Instagram, and you can also find him on Twitter, uh, where he gets high and tweets all the time, at EvanNFL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find myself last but not least on Instagram and Twitter at reticus R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Um, But yeah, man, that's the show. Preseason football is here. We are a little bit over halfway through it because we only have three games this year instead of four. So After the second one, it's pretty much football time, folks. You're going to get Tom Brady and the starters in game three against Houston. That is going to be one to talk about. And, of course, we'll keep you updated between now and then. But enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game on Saturday. No starters, but it is Buccaneer football, and I can never get too much of that. Thank you guys for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Rick Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and we will talk to you guys later. As always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe.